Got myself a crying, talking, sleeping, walking, living doll. Got to do my best to please her just cause she's a living doll. Got a roving eye and that is why she satisfies my soul. Got the one and only walking, talking, living doll. Dolls have been around since practically the beginning of human existence and have been a loving comfort to children and adults ever since. So why do they keep coming to life and murdering people in the movies? From vaudeville ventriloquists to Zuni fetish and Chucky to Annabelle, Hollywood A-list and direct-to-video Z-list have had a thing for havoc-wreaking dolls for almost a century. But where did this come from, the idea that not only could dolls come alive, but once they did, they were pissed off and had murder on their minds? Today we get to the bottom of Devil Dolls. is a film history, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic of film that is not normally discussed in play company. I'm Slate. And I'm Tom. And each week, one of us researches our respective topic, writes an episode, and then schools the other. We discuss everything from black exploitation to ethnically inclusive street gangs to backwater hick rapists. If there's a film subject too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome. Hi, Tom. Hey, Slate. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So we've done our first two episodes. Christmas has passed. Yep. And let's talk a little bit about what the rest of the season holds. Okay, good. My next big one is a two-parter. Mm-hmm. And I'm tackling black exploitation. Black exploitation. So that's yeah. going to be my next. So one. I gave you a book on black exploitation last Christmas, a yes. year ago, to kind of pivot you in a direction of doing black exploitation. So yes. glad you're doing it. And it's going to be your first two parter. It's going to be my first two parter on my own. So we'll see how that goes. And I've actually had some good feedback of some listeners that have suggested that they would like to hear one on black exploitation also. So, so, so I'm going to give get, it a shot. Yeah, you get two. Yeah. Okay, well, here's the part where I tell you I don't know what any of my next episodes are. Oh, great. I kind of felt like at the end of both seasons, I changed my topics, and I felt like that worked well. So, But I will say my next episode after this, which I'm almost done with, is Hicksploitation. I'm excited about that one. Which is the exploitation of rednecks. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. It's it's super fun. It's been one of my favorite to research. So. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. That'll be good. Yeah, and then we'll do a little winter season. We'll be kind of the beacon of light in an otherwise horror month of January and February. Yeah, this should carry us through March, I think. Yeah, through so, I think be- yeah, beginning of March. So, so the, the cold, sterile days of winter will be warm and fuzzy with Slums of Film History uh, episodes. Okay, you ready to get into oh, this episode? Oh, hell yes, I am. All right, let me set a couple ground rules as okay. usual. Today I'm only talking about dolls that come to life and create bloody havoc in some way. So that's Chucky, Annabelle, Dolly, Dearest. There's no voodoo dolls in this because we could really do a whole episode on voodoo. True. And it's kind of like not the same thing. It's like a representation of something that works in a spiritual magical way. Also, the dolls in this episode must commit crimes in some way or at least be terrifying. Sure. That excludes movies like Toy Story and Small Soldiers. Right. And lastly, I'm not really going to be talking about things that aren't human dolls a la teddy bears like Ted Um, you know Ted committed some crimes so that could probably work but I'm talking a a doll for my purposes is really a representation of a human yeah that makes sense yeah it makes perfect sense so just to give a quick overview dolls have been around for a super long time right they existed in early civilizations at least as far back as Egypt Greece and Rome most archaeologists think that dolls were the first ever toy yeah. Dolls are made out of clay, corn husks. They could be made out of wood or stone. They can be abstract like a voodoo doll or, or very literal like a Barbie. Yeah. Porcelain dolls, yeah. cloth dolls, you get the point. Right. But where did we start to get the notion that dolls could come alive? I did a little digging, and the concept seems to be as old as dolls themselves. Okay. It would seem that the very notion of creating something to represent a human, especially for a child, it seems only natural that you would give it a name, that you would take care of it, even talk to it. And 
And so it actually talking back to you seems kind of like a natural conclusion. Yeah. In fact, numerous children's stories have interpretations of this from the Nutcracker to the Velveteen Rabbit, Winnie the Pooh, the Indian in the Cupboard, Raggedy Ann. All of those use this concept of a, of a toy or a doll coming to life. Sure. And there have been numerous accounts of dolls in history coming to life. I'll talk about one of the most famous cases at the end of this episode, just to break it up a little bit, but here are a few just to wet your whistle. Okay. The first one is a Japanese doll named Okiku, who belonged to a little girl who died suddenly. Apparently, the doll had short cropped hair, and after the girl's death, her hair began to grow. It was donated to an altar in 1938, and the hair is still said to be growing. There's a doll named Mandy at the Quesnel Museum in British Columbia that its owner said used to cry at night, but now that it's at the museum, it doesn't cry anymore. It steals things and wanders the halls at night. And there's a doll in Washington State named Alice that apparently says horrible things if you press your ear to her mouth like, quote, I want to be left alone to suffer, which is super emo. Yeah. She also <laughs> follows whoever is uh, is in the room with her head and her eyes. So like if you walk in the room, like her head and eyes will follow you. I'm going to put a few articles on the slums website that feature lists of famous dolls that have had some sort of weirdness about them. None of which seem to really have any fact-based information, but are super fun to read about. So I believe that some people probably think that these things are true. Probably. I'm curious. Is there a picture of the Japanese hair doll? Would you like me to show it to you? Yeah, sure. Okay. Here's the picture of Okiku. Okiku. It is creepy. It's a little creepy. Yeah. A little creepy. Yeah. I guess they just made dolls creepy back then. All dolls are creepy, kind of. I mean, it's true. They are pretty creepy. Dolls are mostly thought of to be children's toys, but this episode really starts at dolls for adults, namely ventriloquist dummies. Ugh. Sorry. <laughs> I know they are. It's just a. It's just a weird thing. Like a if you met art. someone and you were like, "Hey, what are like? What are you into? Like, I don't know. T- watching TV and like ventriloquism, you would be like, I don't. You're. I don't yeah, want to talk I'd be to you. Swiping left on that you're shit. Real weird. Yeah. Yeah. Ventriloquism dates back to the mid-1700s in the UK, but for modern purposes, it's basically using a puppet doll and throwing your voice to make it look like the doll is actually talking. Right. It's weird and creepy to us now, but it was a huge part of vaudeville entertainment back before TV and movies. And just like many early movies took acts from vaudeville translated into film, a lot of representation of ventriloquism exists in early cinema. Yeah. The first movie I could find that featured the theme that perhaps a dummy was not just a puppet was the movie The Great Gabbo from 1929. Long story short, it's about a ventriloquist that goes crazy and thinks his dummy is real. It doesn't really have any paranormal themes, like the dummy doesn't come to life or anything, but it was the first time in cinema that this theme was actually explored, Mm -hmm. and it was probably the inspiration for the British anthology film Dead of Night from 1945. Okay. Dead of Night has a bunch of stories, but the last one is about an attempted murder that a ventriloquist blamed on his dummy. So this kind of idea is like yeah. you know, starting to take shape. Yeah. I know we usually don't talk much about TV shows uh, or TV movies, but this is where most of the modern devil doll movies seem to get most of their inspiration. Yeah. In the first season of the TV show Alfred Hitchcock Presents, there was an episode, I'm going to butcher this, but it's, and so died Rubashinska, Rubashinska. It's like a, I don't know, like a German or a Russian name, okay. you know, doll name yeah starring claude rains and charles bronson where there's a murder and a ventriloquism doll provides the clues to the murder in an episode of alfred hitchcock presents from 1957 called the glass eye jessica tandy falls in love with a vaudeville ventriloquist and when she finally gets to meet him backstage it's the dummy that's actually real he's a dwarf and the ventriloquist is the actual puppet it's like a you know a big uh, giant human-sized puppet. Yeah, puppet and he's controlling that's that's interesting it's super scary and like i remember really? seeing it in on nick at night like when i was a kid and it being like the most terrifying thing of all time similarly there were two episodes of the twilight zone which featured ventriloquism dummies i remember one of them so the first one the dummy is where a ventriloquist is being haunted by one of his dolls in kind of a schizophrenic way yeah and then the second is caesar and me where jackie cooper plays a ventriloquist who takes illegal advice from his dummy okay the first one's the one i've seen okay the twilight zone pops up again in just a second but i wanted to mention this to kind of get you ready yeah yeah the first doll comes to life movie i think is the mexican film curse of the doll people from 1961 Mexican horror films were a thing back in the late 50s and 60s and were often show dubbed on late night American TV. 
I'm going to do some more research on the genre. It's super fascinating. Mexican horror films. Yeah. But for today's purposes, Curse of the Doll People is about a Haitian voodoo lady that puts a curse on some people that steal a religious artifact and then dolls come to life to kill them. Nice. When I say dolls, I mean dolls the size of like ventriloquist dummies. Um, Sure. They're super unnerving. Like people in the movie keep calling them like, oh, there's beautiful dolls that are great for kids. And they're like terrifying looking. Yeah. The dolls come to life as played by dwarves and they've got these like weird like skin masks on. Yeah. So I'm going to show this to you and I just want you to see kind of what I'm talking about since this is the first one. All right, all right, all right. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. They're legit kind of like. They're legit kind of creepy. They do a good job with shadow. Yeah, they're creepy shit. One of them kind of sort of looks like a dwarf in a, you know, Michael Myers kind of mask. It does. It does. Yeah. It's that's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty horrifying. So that was the first. The next example isn't a film, but it's probably one of the most famous devil doll examples of all time. It's the episode of The Twilight Zone called Living Doll from 1960. I remember that one too. Yeah. That was a good one. It's a super classic. Yeah. In the episode, a mother gives a talky Tina doll to her daughter, and the girl's horrible stepfather immediately hates it. Talky Tina starts speaking to him differently than to the girl. So, like with the girl, you know, it'll be like, I'm Talky Tina, I want to be your friend. But to the father, it's like, My name's Talky Tina, and I don't like you. Oh, yeah. You know, type of thing. My name's Talky Tina, and I don't think I like you. He eventually like throws it in the trash, but she keeps showing back up. He tries to destroy it, but it's indestructible. And like all the while, the doll never like comes to life, but he'll throw it in the trash and then he'll like go back to his room and it'll be back in his room, right, you yeah. know, type of thing. So you never see it moving on its own, but like it is, you know? Yeah. And in the middle of the night, he trips over it. He falls down the stairs, which kills him. And the mother finds them both at the bottom of the stairs. And Talkie Tina looks at her and says, I'm Talkie Tina, and you better be nice to me and that's like the end of the episode or whatever yeah that was a good one that's creepy shit I've watched I think pretty much every devil doll movie and television show episode and this is where I'm gonna say that devil dolls became a thing yeah living doll from what I can see is the first like truly scary and unnerving doll comes to life story yeah in it's everything prior to this, there was a sense of adults that play with dolls for a living were also driven crazy by playing two characters, pretending they were alive. But Living Doll was the first one that didn't rely on ventriloquist dolls or large dolls played by people. Talkie Tina was a regular doll that just happened to have a personality all of her own. Yeah. We'd see this idea start to take shape even more in the British movie Devil Doll from 1964, which, combined with Talkie Tina, set the template for most modern Devil Doll movies. Right. So long story short, it's about a ventriloquist that also uses hypnotism in his shows and can somehow kill people. But then what is different about this is like in the case of his assistant, Hugo, he transfers the soul of a dead person into a doll. Oh, gotcha. So it's kind of like, it's not just like, oh, it just happens to be alive or it's taking on this other thing. It's like, tra- like if I kill you and transfer your soul into a doll, gotcha. that's how the doll comes to life. Right. And that will make more sense once we just start talking about Chucky, which that's basically what Chucky plot. is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a pretty big gap of devil doll movies up until about the mid 70s. But then came the movie Asylum from 1972. Okay. Asylum is a British anthology film with the final story being about a man who builds a robot in his likeness. I say that it's in his own likeness. It basically looks like a robot, you know, like a robot that goes boop, boop. There's right. like a wind-up robot sure. that has like a skin face mask. It's only, you know, it's half a foot tall. So okay. kind of weird though. But he does stab the robot guy, stabs somebody in the back of the neck. And that's, that's kind of cool. That's, yeah, I'm down with that. A couple years later, Karen Black made a made-for-TV movie, also an anthology called Trilogy of Terror. Oh, yeah. You know this one? Oh, yes, yeah. I do. So she plays every lead part in each of the stories. Mm-hmm. Do you remember it? Yeah, I do remember it. Okay, so she bought a voodoo fetish doll or Zuni 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 fetish fetish doll. doll And it was just terrifying without even moving. I mean, yeah. it's got these sharp razor teeth. It's dressed sort of tribally. Yeah, it's super it's about racist kind two, of. Yeah. It's maybe a two feet tall. Not even that. A foot and a half, two Probably feet tall. Probably about a foot and a half, yeah. And I don't know if it had its own little spear or something it with did. it. It <laughs> did. Well, supposedly the whole thing with the Zuni fetish doll is that it had a spirit of a warrior in it. Mm-hmm. And the necklace kept that spirit at bay, kept it trapped in the doll. Somehow the necklace came off. 
and this doll starts chasing her around the house and it's Beating the fast, shit out of her and it's yeah. making and it's like frantic and it's it's actually pretty frightening i saw it not too long ago and it's fucked up it's, it's good. still really good actually yeah, i agree um, yeah so what ends up happening is uh she throws it in the oven mm-hmm. and it kind of like catches on fire or whatever but when she opens the oven i guess the smoke comes out and like she inhales it yeah and then it kind of like cuts you don't really see what's going on and she calls her mother which they set up earlier up in the thing that her mother's like overbearing right and then she tells her mother to come over and then she sits down there's like a close-up of her face and she's now got these you know razor sharp razor teeth. teeth and she's like sitting you know staring she's there she's got like, a knife she's like stabbing it into the ground like yeah she's, just, like, she's like ready to ra- like kill her mom good story 70s horror just has that like it's got that feeling it's just got it. that look it just it it's makes really everything just better somehow when it comes to horror movies well they did a good job by making it just like screaming and it's just like frantic and it's like growling and it's just all fucked up and it's really fast and they do a lot of good camera eye view yeah. you know or doll eye view of the camera chasing her and it's right. like super fast and fierce and it grabs a knife and stabs her I mean she's battling this thing she locks it in a suitcase at one point it cuts yeah. its way out it's a really nice little uh, story there it's yeah. worth watching and it's on YouTube we should put it on the site if you have a copy of it. I'm going to there was actually a sequel in 1996 called Trilogy of Terror 2 oh. real uh, original there yeah. and it's an anthology as well it takes place right after the original with like the same doll it's actually a decent sequel but you know mm. it's Karen Black in the 70s like how can you beat that you can't beat that that was great. Another staple of the devil dolls, I wrote maybe subgenre, it's not really a subgenre, is the movie Magic from 1978. Oh, yeah. I know you're going to talk about this, but yeah. oh yeah. I was getting a little bored with ventriloquism after I started researching, just because there's so much of it in, sure. in early cinema, and this one's about ventriloquism, but it, it kind of brought me back a little bit. Rough plot, Anthony Hopkins is a not-so-great magician, so he adds a raunchy talking ventriloquist dummy to his act and becomes famous. Mm-hmm. He moves into a boarding room run by Anne Margaret while waiting for a big TV contract to come through and pretty much goes nutso and starts using the dummy to kill people. (laughs) Magic was pretty well reviewed back then, but one of the interesting things is the 30-second trailer that was played on TV actually had to be pulled because of complaints. Apparently the trailer, which I will quote at the end, which was just the dummy talking in rhyme, gave kids nightmares and moms across the country called to complain. Did you see it when you were a kid? I'd You're having a weird the... visceral reaction to it. Okay, so I was extremely young in the 70s, mm-hmm. but I was alive. And I, I'll never forget this. I'm sure this is close if you've seen it, where I think it this had the dummy in the frame, mm-hmm. and he was talking, and you're going to quote it, probably maybe show the trailer, but it was just focusing on him, and he was talking, and then he said something at the end about you're dead or something. That's right. It's just completely fucking freaky. Yeah. And I was like, you know, four fuck me up for life. Yeah. I'm, I'm the person I am because of the magic trailer. Oh, good. That makes me happy. So I'm going to talk about it at the end. I'm going to do a little segment just to break it up called Devil Doll Taglines and oh, uh, Catchphrases. So I'll quote it at the end. How about that? That sounds great. All right. This is not worth talking about. So of course, <laughs> I built a whole section around right, this. Right. This is half um, the podcast, probably. Have you ever heard of the movie Black Devil Doll from Hell? Yes. But only because I told you about it or no, you've no, heard no, about I've it? I've heard about it before. Okay. This was a brand new thing to me. Right. I watched it, but I had a million questions and had to dig pretty deep to find the history about it. Good. So I could only find one version of it, which has since disappeared. It was a VHS transfer on YouTube. So I, hopefully it'll pop back up again, but I, I've been trying to find it ever since and right. can't find it. It's disappeared. It's basically a home video with a plot, but it's super fascinating to watch. It's about a good old virginal Christian woman who buys a large black doll at a thrift shop and brings it home. This thing is hideous looking. I don't know why you would be like, oh, I'm going to go to the thrift take shop. This oh, home. that's a nice looking thing. I'm yeah. going to show it to you in a second. But oh, good. It watches her take a shower and definitely has some telekinetic powers, but the main thing it does is rape her, and which in turn <laughs> turns her... It is kind of funny, actually. <laughs> it's all right to laugh in this all case. Right, that's good. Turns her into a sex-crazed nympho who can only get pleasure by having sex with a doll. It might be the best movie that I've ever seen in wow. my life. So I'm going to pull this up for you, okay. and I want to show you, just give you a little taste of what this looks like. Okay, we'll do. Before I give you a lesson in pleasure, I'm going to give you a lesson in pain. Hmm. Oh, my God. What the fuck? Foul odor. <laughs> now that you have smelt the foulness of my breath, you may now taste the sweetness of my tongue. 
I'm speechless. That is incredible. Yeah. It's a little baffling. I mean, it just makes sense because when you and I met, I was making a lot of home videos with plots type of thing. And we right. kind of made fake movies, you sure. know. Yeah, and that's clearly what this is. It's a, it's a camcorder Somebody, movie. Yeah. And he actually did have a budget. I think he said he spent around $8,000 on it. Oh, but, wow. you know, it's basically like, oh, this scene is going to be this. This scene is going to be that. We'll just shoot it. Mostly a lot of improv. And we'll cut around it with two VCRs hitting the record button on one and the pause Play button on, on the, the other, other one. Yeah. But obviously it got a huge cult following, you know, Clearly. once it was released. Yeah. Um, yeah as- it's it's super fascinating. Yeah. That's something else. So this also has one of my favorite like shitty movie kind of setups in the world, which okay. is so in the beginning she comes home from church in order they're trying to establish that she's a church woman and a virgin. Okay. And so at one point, what the, the best way to do that is for her to have a telephone conversation with someone where she basically explains who she is as a person so that we can set this movie right. up. But the setup is kind of like, Oh, I'm I'm on the phone with my friend, you know, and and um and the friend's like, Hey, how you doing? And she's like, I'm good, I just went to church. You should go to church too and the friend's like oh thanks for sharing that what else is up and she's like church i like church and the friend is like oh okay well that's interesting but what what other things that are happening is like no i like church and i like going to church all the time and it goes on for like 15 minutes about being in church yeah and it's just like i'm sure that the director was like just improvise this and usually when you tell a shitty actor to improvise they just keep repeating the same thing like over and over and over again in different ways and then you can kind of cut it he just didn't cut that scene right yeah but it reminded me of Kim's friend in Malibu High that Malibu was just High. like she's a piece of shit yeah she's still you, a piece you of mentioned shit. she's a piece of shit yeah it's like the it's like a she's a piece of shit of, version oh um, I go to church yeah yeah so did the virgin part come out as in was the black devil doll like I'm gonna have sex with you bitch and she was like I'm a virgin, so you because I'm a virgin, yes. I'm also a virgin. It's, so pr- it's, it's the same pretty thing. much like that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. You ready to move on from Black Devil Doll to Hell? Uh, begrudgingly, yes. Okay. But I, you know, I could hang out with Black Devil Doll all day. So we're up to the point now where we get into like the really, really great stuff, which is where we stop seeing people playing dolls or tricky cuts to make a doll look like it's coming to life, like shaking it and then sure. cutting to someone screaming, and into the stop motion where like kind of the the real magic of this happens. Yes, this magical era is the late '80s the early 90s. Oh, yeah. One of the reasons I chose this topic was because of a movie I used to see on the shelf of the video store that scared me when I was a kid. Okay. I never saw it until I was an adult, and it's the movie Dolls from 1987. Oh, yeah. Have you seen this one? No, it's a Stuart Gordon movie. Yeah, yeah. So, rough plot, a mean dad and stepmom take their daughter on a vacation, but their car breaks down, and they find an old mansion to crash in for the night. They're joined by another guy and two punk rock kind of Madonna, Cyndi Lauper look-alike hitchhikers, nice. and they all set into the night with the couple that owned the house. The husband is like a doll maker, so that's kind of like the premise. Little by little, the dolls start to come to life and murder the guests one by one. Of course. There's not a huge amount of explanation, but basically they're the souls of bad people that are being punished. Oh. So like, because they were bad people, now they have to spend the rest of their lives recruiting other bad people to Mm -hmm. be dolls. Yeah. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but whatever. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. It's it's a decent movie. It's not the best movie I've ever seen, sure, but of course it's not. worth watching. I'm a doll maker. I make the most wonderful toys. Dolls, puppets, soldiers, ballerinas. Also, I mean, the reason to watch it is because of the stop motion animation. Yeah. It's not perfect, but it had such a look to it. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's like, you know, when you see something like The Nightmare Before Christmas versus a Pixar movie, The Nightmare Before Christmas isn't perfect. It's It just feels like a completely different medium, you yeah, know, yeah, than, that's awesome. than Pixar. So it's just, it feels like a character itself almost. Yeah. And I like Stuart Gordon. He does some good work. Yeah. So. It's also one of the first movies to have actual miniature dolls as opposed to like dummy sized dolls that could be played by kids or small people. So oh, it's the first cool. time we really saw dolls coming to life on a miniature scale and kind of like attacking normal sized people. Oh, that's good. Speaking of which, Child's Play from 1988 is probably the mother of yeah. doll comes to life and kill it me- kills people movies. It made a fortune at the box office, mm-hmm. actually received pretty good reviews and inspired five sequels and probably more to come right i feel like everyone knows about the chucky movie so i decided to try to dig down deep and see if i could find some stuff that wasn't common knowledge okay so here goes the original creator of the Chucky franchise was Don Mancini, and after the crazy popularity of Cabbage Patch Dolls, he started writing a dark comedy about 
how TV marketing was brainwashing kids. Okay. While doing some research, he realized there never was a full-on feature-length horror film about a doll coming to life, and he started to move in kind of like the horror direction instead. Around that time, the full-size doll My Buddy was becoming popular, and he modeled Chucky after him. Do you remember My Buddy? I remember My Buddy. Do you remember the song? My My buddy, my buddy, wherever I go, he goes. My buddy, my buddy, my buddy. Beautiful. Why can't I erase that? There was also Kid Sister. Do you remember Kid Sister? That was like the spin-off girl version. It wasn't the exact same song as like Kid Kid Sister. Sister. (laughs) Kid Sister. Kid Sister and me. Anyway, the doll's original name was Buddy, and the movie was going to be titled Bloody Buddy, but then they changed it to Batteries Not Included, probably because my buddy would sue, rightfully so. Rightfully so. But then Spielberg released Batteries Not Included, so they changed the name to Child's Play. Child's Play was originally supposed to center around a little boy named Andy who got a Chucky doll for his birth time, and every time he got mad, Chucky would come to life and kill the people that wronged Andy. Apparently that made people at the studio a little nervous, so they went with the old tried-and-true voodoo curse that would clearly define good guys versus bad guys. They even named the line of doll the good guys. Mm -hmm. So the plot of Child's Play, a serial killer is being chased by the police, and there's a shootout at a toy store. As the serial killer lays dying, he also yells... I'm dying! Just to make sure you know. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm dying. He casts some kind of voodoo spell that transfers his soul into the nearest thing, which happens to be a Chucky doll. Chucky doll, yeah. Somehow a homeless man ends up with it and sells it to a single mother in an alley who gives it to her son. We start to notice strange things happening, and we soon learn that Chucky is alive. He pushes Andy's babysitter out of the window and kills her. He makes Andy skip school and take him to one of his old colleagues' houses and kills him. Andy's blamed for both of the murders and is put into a mental institution. That's a little bit bonkers. That's pretty bonkers. Like, yep. can you imagine a movie now where they're like, put the kid in a mental We're institution. We're going to institutionalize this kid. Right. Th- that was a big 80s theme of putting kids in institutions, too. We could probably movies. do an episode on mental institutions. I think we should. Somebody, one of our fans uh, recommended that, actually. Yeah, a listener actually said do that. So, yeah. And that's a good idea. The movie gets a little derailed around this time and kind of turns into, like, one of my least favorite horror movie tropes, which is like, what do you mean the doll is a murderer? That's crazy. No, I'm going to try to convince you. No, I would never believe something like that. But I will say the movie was, like, legit scary. Yeah, it was. Chucky scared a shitload of people, namely kids back in the late 80s. Yeah. I remember rushing to turn off the radio when the ads came on late at night. There was, like, radio ads that scared the living fucking shit out of me. (laughs) See, that was your version of uh, magic. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my God, I remember. It was terrifying. So you actually just saw Child's Play, didn't you? So I just watched Child's Play again, mostly because, well, it was Halloween time. And also you uh, were doing this podcast and I knew you were. Also, Child's Play has one of my, this is going to sound awful, has one of my favorite tropes, with the, like, which is children in danger. <laughs> like, uh-huh. this kid's in danger the whole fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, and he's in danger in ways that you don't expect. Like, Chucky makes him take him down into, like, the worst part of Chicago. The shittiest ghetto. Like, in the, like, like yeah. the hood, because Chucky's after his, like, partner who, who left him to die, basically. Yeah. And he's getting revenge. And, like, the second thing is this film was filmed in, like, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. So it definitely has a sense of placement. It feels like it's in the real world. Sure. Like Candyman. Like, the type of movie that uses the fact that, like, Chicago was a dumpster to, to do that. Yeah. And another thing is, I saw Child's Play in the theater in the weekend it opened. Really? Yeah, I was wow. I was too young to get in, but of course, this is the 80s, folks, and you usually can sneak in the R-rated movies, movies yeah. pretty easy. And it was packed, and everybody was into it. Everybody was totally into it. Yeah. And you forget that at the nobody knew anything about Chucky. Chucky was brand new, so nobody knew anything about this movie. And the way the, the movie unfolds, if you've never seen it, is that you don't see him animated until yeah. about halfway through the movie. And so you see glimpses of him running, and they kind of juggle it to make you think, is the kid killing her you know is he not you know and he's saying Chucky's talking to me and he's saying some funny stuff Aunt Maggie's a bitch and got what she deserved and stuff like that and actually it's really adorable that this kid's saying this stuff Mm because he's actually a really adorable kid yeah he is cute so there was a lot of things that made Child's Play work and being in a packed theater with people who've never even seen it or you know when it was brand new was really a cool thing to witness yeah and had a lot of fun seeing that movie so Child's Play was also pretty controversial at the time and there was like some legit panic that this would normalize child violence which kind of made sense considering this is a horror movie that was pretty much marketed towards kids yeah 
a sequel was rushed out and the actor that played Andy returned for Child's Play 2 in mm-hmm. 1990. Child's Play 3 in 1991 actually saw the copycat murderer's fear come to life, first in the murder of James Bulger, a two-year-old that was abducted and murdered by two 10-year-old boys in England. The details are really horrifying, but apparently there's a scene in Child's Play 3 where Chucky gets blue paint splashed on him, and that was also an element used in the murders. Yeah. There was no evidence, and it became probably more of an urban legend and a way of trying to understand how two 10-year-olds could have committed murder on their own. Right. To further complicate it, there was another murder in 1992 in England where six guys murdered a woman and Child's Play got a lot of the blame, although in retrospect, it was a kind of just like a media blowout. There doesn't seem to be any actual proof uh, when it comes down to testimony, but it, it seems kind of like, I think, I didn't write it down, but it's I think they kept saying that they kept repeating I'm Chucky want to play like while they were killing this woman, Uh. but it turned into just like a national inquirer type of headline media blitz, but Hollywood took it kind of seriously and ended up pushing the releases of Oliver Stone's natural born killers and Tarantino's reservoir dogs until the storm blew over. Yeah. Wow. I'm thinking about maybe doing an episode on movies that inspired real crimes. Like, that's kind of interesting. I I did Dead on Set, so go for it. There was also Bride of Chucky in 1998, where Chucky gets a female companion. Yeah. This would be a much campier version of the Child's Play movies, along with the change in name. Child's Play kind of moved over to to Chucky, Chucky, something of Chucky. A follow-up Seed of Chucky, which is disgusting, from 2004. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Like seed for ejaculation. That's disgusting. Sperm of Chucky. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's really gross. Sperm doesn't bother me as much as seed does. Jizz of Chucky. Rated R starts Friday. Jizz is better. Right. So that movie from 2004 has Chucky and his wife's son, but maybe daughter named Glenn or Glenda. It's a weird doll. You get it? You get the joke though? Yeah, Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Along with Jennifer Tilly Redman's in it. And also (laughs) so is John Waters, apparently a small role. It was a critical and box office flop. But Curse of Chucky from 2013 was a return to like the true horror roots. Right. I haven't seen it, but I remember the promotions of it, which were kind of amazing. That was kind of amazing. Yeah. So they did kind of like hidden camera. They were like these bus shelter posters that were, you know, at night were glowed in the dark kind of, you know, they lit up and it was for the movie. And basically there was breakaway glass and they put like a dwarf in a Chucky costume behind it. You would break through the glass and chase people down the street or whatever right. and it was hidden cameras and they, everybody was like so terrified that you're getting chased down the street by Chucky and it was all hidden camera and everybody laughed at it it was really funny right and they clearly had to have done that in like a gun free zone yeah because in some neighborhoods Chucky would have caught a bullet from that shit yeah definitely definitely just letting you know after Chucky the next huge thing to happen to Devil Dolls was the straight to video horror movie Puppet Master in 1989 oh wow yeah so Puppet Master is a thing apparently it's a big thing yeah like a really really huge thing All in all, there are nine sequels and a crossover to Puppet Master, as well as a series of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and costumes. I had always heard of it, but I hadn't watched anything other than the leeches scene for our episode on Underwater Slaughter. Oh, yeah. I watched the first one. So, rough plot, a puppet maker discovers an old Egyptian formula able to create life, so he decides to give life to his puppets. Of Seems course. legit. Yeah, that's straight up. The Nazis try to use this knowledge to their advantage, and so the puppet master commits suicide. He's like, I don't want to have any part of this. Some years later, four psychics get on the trail of a former colleague who suddenly commits suicide, and they decide to investigate the mansion he killed himself in. There they uncover the secrets of the puppet master. They meet the evil dolls. There's Blade, who looks like a skeleton with no eyes and long gray hair and carries a knife. Remember that these things are like a foot high. There's Jester, who looks like a court jester, but was actually a Nazi jester who was killed and turned into a puppet when his jokes went too far. And Pinhead, a man who has a large body and huge hands with a little tiny head. Right. These are the only three dolls to appear in all of the movies, but in the original, there was a female named Leech Queen who spit out leeches onto people's bodies to suck their blood. Oh, lovely. Leech Queen. Leech Queen. So wait, let me back up. So the puppet master was like fine bringing these fucked up puppets to life, but he's like, I draw the line with working with Nazis. Yeah, I think the Nazis were like, oh, you've got a life formula? Like, we're gonna use these puppets to like, I don't know, do horrible things. And the puppet master was like, yeah, I'm out. Okay, yeah, Yeah. he's like, sorry, I don't work with Nazis. All right, fair enough. 
The Puppet Master movies are really odd. They yes. feature some kind of C-list 80s and 90s talent. They're all straight to video. Yeah. But somehow managed to find, like, I guess, like a nerd cult audience that has kept the franchise moving for almost 30 years. The original Puppet Master got its first sequel in 1991, then Puppet Master 3 only a few months later, Puppet Master 4 in 1993, Puppet Master 5 in 1994, then Curse of the Puppet Master and Retro Puppet Master, a crossover with the Demonic Toys series called Puppet Master vs. Demonic Toys, and two more movies, Puppet Master Axis of Evil in 2009 and Puppet Master X in 2012. It makes sense that this was a really popular direct-to-video genre because pretty much every Devil Doll movie since, or pretty much from 88 to 1999, would be direct-to-video. Gotcha. The popularity of the Child's Play and Puppet Master movies spawned a zillion mostly straight-to-video knockoffs, so I'm going to just throw out some titles that you may or may not not recognize so okay. i'm gonna throw you some stuff and if you you know see something say something gotcha death doll from 1989 nope dolly dearest from 1991 the porn silent night deadly night five the toy maker i heard about that yeah, i researched right. that for bad santas but yeah i didn't talk about it yeah direct to video toys that come to life basically the movie tales from the hood from 1995 oh lovely you remember that one yeah but i forgot what that one was about so it was kind of around the time of urban horror like people under the stairs and Candyman. sure it's an anthology film that was produced by spike lee and in one of the stories a racist kkk supporter is attacked and murdered by a group of slave claymation dolls based on an old voodoo curse. Oh, nice. Not bad. I'm going to put that one on the website. All right. It's a good, good one? Uh, you know, the 90s good, good urban horror movies were a real special thing. Right. I don't know if I would call them good, although Candyman is a great ass no, movie. Candyman is yeah. wonderful. To be honest, mostly everything after Child's Play was a version of something that had been already done. Yeah. This isn't uncommon when we're doing research for a topic. Like, there hasn't been a full-on exploitation movie since Requiem for a Dream in 2000, and Satanic Panic ended in the 80s. Sure. I guess I just thought there was a little bit more innovation left in the genre. Mm-mm. So here's just a few more direct-to-video knockoffs, and then I'm going to tell you a story. Oh, goody. I love stories. Demonic Toys from 1992. You know about this? I know about it. It had the crossover, obviously, with Puppet Master, but it was really one of the only successful franchises like Child's Play and Puppet Master that actually made some money in the 90s. Rough plot, I don't really know. I wrote a bunch of stuff, but it doesn't really make that much (laughs) sense. The the main point that I want to make is that there was this doll called Baby Oopsie Daisy, and it was kind of like a a baby, like a baby doll, like a Betsy Wetsy type of, you know, baby doll, Um, but that shoots people with a life-size gun and she's this potty mouth like she's always like motherfucking fuck fuck fucking face you know whatever but she's a doll baby with a gun that's kind of amazing i want to see that yeah it's not a great movie but whatever baby oopsie daisy is pretty great i'm a fan the sequels to this were doll man versus demonic toys oh yeah doll man yeah which took the sci-fi movie doll man where a tiny superhero not a double doll gets locked in the same toy factory as demonic toys there's puppet master versus demonic toys and of course demonic toys 2 personal demons which takes place the day after the original. Oddly enough, there's a three-hour DVD called When Puppets and Dolls Attack from 2005 that's just a supercut of all the best death scenes from all the Puppet Master, Demonic Toys, etc. movies from the past 20 years. It's three hours long. Holy shit. Yeah. A few more. Yeah. Pinocchio's Revenge from 1996. Remember seeing the box? I didn't yeah, saw the movie. It's a horror version of Pinocchio. Yeah. Blood Dolls and Ragdoll from 1999. The movie May from 2002. Anything? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know May. I, I remember that one vaguely. Yeah. Love Object, The Doll Master, The Dummy from 2005 was a return to ventriloquist dummies come to life. No. Doll Graveyard, Dangerous Worry Dolls, Dead Silence, Triloquist. Dead Silence, I know about. Okay. Ooga Booga from 2013. Don't know Ooga Booga. Okay, it stars Stacy Keach and wait for it, Karen Black. Oh wow! Yeah. Welcome back. She kind of did a did a redux of uh, her Devil Doll. For the record, Doll Graveyard's the name of my new band. Uh huh. Doll Graveyard. Yeah, we're playing They've tonight. Got that one hit that everyone remembers. Everybody loves Doll Graveyard. I just watched the movie The Boy a week or two ago. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't technically count as a Devil Doll movie, but I'm not going to tell you why since it's a little I bit of a know spoiler. why because it's similar to a movie called Housebound. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, I remember Housebound. Yeah. Yeah. Rough plot, a young woman takes a job as a nanny for a young boy while his parents are away, but when she goes to meet him, he's a child-sized doll. Then strange things start to happen. Worth a watch, but kind of barely. Right. 
All right, so I've just been talking a whole bunch of shitty Devil Doll movies, so let's talk about some Devil Doll taglines and catchphrases, just because there are are a lot of really fun ones. Obviously, one of the most famous catchphrases was Chucky's, Hi, I'm Chucky, Wanna Play? Mm -hmm. But there's been a couple other good ones, and these are in order. So the movie Magic from 1978. So this is when, in the commercial, the ventriloquist doll just sitting by himself just saying this black background. Abracadabra, I sit on his knee. Is that, that yeah that yeah. was a little up. shiver go through you yeah that was horrible your four-year-old yeah, was, self remember that maybe five but yeah it was terrible the tagline from dolls from 1987 was you're never too old to play with dolls until you're dead <laughs> barely even makes they, sense yeah they really just made that up on yeah. the fly bad in dolly dearest from 1999 i actually watched dolly dearest boy it's bad you want it to be good but it just isn't right but right before the main character kills dolly he yells play, play with, with this God, bitch. bitch okay nice kind of great that's the best tagline so far yeah so so that was his line but then the tagline was she has a life of her own now she wants yours Wow, I kind of like that one. That's not bad. So in Child's Play 2, they never do this in the movie, but in the trailer, there is a jack-in-the-box, and the jack-in-the-box is like... And so like you're waiting for it to jump out and scare the shit out of you, but Chucky, I think he just like stomps on it. Yeah, and then he says... Do you remember? Yeah. Say it. Sorry, Jack. Chucky's back. back. That's it. That's it. And then so, he menaces great catchphrase yeah. for our uh, Child's Play 2. Yep. The tagline for Child's Play 3 is, look who's stalking. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, come on. But, you know, actually, that's kind of funny because look who's talking was popular at that mm-hmm. time. Those movies about the talking baby, which was John Bruce Travolta. Willis, John Travolta. Was Kirstie Alley? Yep. Oh, boy. Puppet Master's tagline is, evil comes in all sizes. Wow, that's all right. Yeah. Demonic Toys doesn't really have any catchphrases, but Baby Oopsie Daisy's like key thing that she keeps yelling is playtime. She yells playtime like every time she's about to like wreak havoc on someone. Oh, I was so hoping she'd like, be like, play with this bitch. Yeah. And yeah, bring it back. That'll probably be in the sequel, Demonic Toys 5,050 million. Demonic Toys 2 was you shouldn't toy with your personal demons. Wow. Stretch. Yeah. Pinocchio's Revenge evil comes with strings attached that's too bad that was good that's I all right know. yeah that's pretty good, good. that's yeah. all right i'm down with that a triloquist is you'll laugh you'll die get it you'll laugh you'll cry you'll laugh oh, you'll die that was bad yeah, yeah it took me a minute to get to get that which one. means it's bad yeah but my favorite one from your band doll graveyard is reborn for revenge Hmm. That's good. Reborn for revenge. Yeah, that's good. I feel like it's going to catch on. Yeah, it's going to happen. Right. I just wanted to kind of break this up a little bit because I felt bad that like not a lot of the new Devil Doll movies were that great. Right. But so we're pretty much caught up to the present. But I want to tell you a story first oh, good. because before we get to the last few movies, this is a is said to be a true story. All right, tell me the true story. Have you heard of a couple named Ed and Lorraine Warren? Of course I have. Okay. They were the Roman Catholic couple that gave consultations and sometimes performed exorcisms mostly in the 70s and 80s in New England. Right. They've been the subject of numerous books, movies, and documentaries. To name a few, they were written about in the book The Amityville Horror Mm -hmm. that was turned into a movie in 1979. They were also in the book A Haunting in Connecticut and portrayed in the movie version in 2009. Yeah. And they were the couple behind The Conjuring, The Conjuring 2, and Annabelle. Right. So here's the story. In 1970, a mother gave her daughter, Donna, a classic Raggedy Ann doll for her birthday, All was fine at first, but after a little while, Donna and her roommate began noticing that the doll seemed to be moving on its own. They would leave it in one spot and then notice it shifted, leaning to the left or sitting up when they left it lying down. Right. As time passed, it would move rooms and possibly even close doors, and then it started writing notes. Specifically, childlike words on parchment paper, of which there was no parchment paper in the house. So the doll was also somehow getting this parchment paper from somewhere else. It actually went to Staples. It went to the store, and, and it was like, it oh, like, which aisle is this in? It's the computer Lead me to the creepy parchment paper aisle, and right. they're like, yeah, right over there. 
A friend of theirs reported having marks on his body like a small child or a doll had scratched them in. Uh A medium was brought in, and the story was that there was a little girl found dead on the property named Annabelle and that her soul had taken over this doll's body. This is in real life. Right, that's what, yeah. So Ed and Lorraine Warren were called in. They specialized in ghosts, and this wasn't really a ghost. They decided that it was a demon that had taken over the doll and that in turn wanted Donna's soul. That seems seems legit. Yeah, that's scientifically proven. They brought a priest in to exercise the house, and the Warrens took the doll back home with them. She continued to act up, allegedly levitating and moving around the house by herself until the Warrens locked her into a glass case where she has not moved since. You can, of course, pay to see her along with a slew of other things that the Warrens kept over the years. Mm-hmm. I'll put a picture of Annabelle on the website. She was a raggedy aunt. Right, also. A Not a terrifying aunt. looking thing. No. This is one of the stories that inspired the 2013 surprise hit The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Wan, the I'm just going to go ahead and call him a genius that invented the Saw movies, right. uh, was inspired by the Warrens and started crafting a movie about them originally called The Warren Files. That soon evolved into The Conjuring, which instead focused on their second most famous case after the Amityville Horror, which was more of like a witch-type haunting. You saw The Conjuring? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, it's good. He even had Lorraine Warren come in for consultation, and she actually has a cameo in the film. Mm-hmm. There's a scene early on in where a little girl walks into her room late at night, and there's an old lady sitting in a rocking chair holding a doll. You can't see either of their faces, but then the doll's head slowly turns, assumingly by itself, and that was James Wan's version of Annabelle, the Raggedy yeah. Antle. Mm-hmm. After the huge media success of The Conjuring, a sequel was announced as well as a spinoff called Annabelle, which went a little deeper into the doll from The Conjuring. It's only very loosely based on the actual story, but in the movie, a pregnant couple gets Annabelle and she starts moving around from room to room. Annabelle is acting weird because she got the blood of a satanic cult leader in her mouth. Oh, nice. And pretty much everything after that is all satanic culty instead of devil doll. I didn't know that. I would have put that in Satanic Panic. I didn't yeah. know that it existed. At the end of the film, the Annabelle doll sits inside of a glass cage at the Warrens' house. So they kind of took that idea, right. gave it a satanic cult kind of you know flavor to it. Annabelle was a critical flop, and audiences didn't really like it either. But it made some money, so of sure. course there's a sequel on its way. Oh, great! According to Wiki, Annabelle Two is about a doll maker and his wife, whose daughter tragically died 20 years earlier as they decide to open their home to a nun and several girls from a shuttered orphanage. The dollmaker's possessed creation, Annabelle, sets her sights on the children and turns their shelter into a storm of horror. That sounds like a decent movie, actually. Right. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But I like that better than Satanic Cult. Like, Anna- I want to see a doll fuck some shit up. Like, that's right. that's what you want to see. Annabelle versus Demonic Toys. Play with this bitch. Perfect. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I want to say comment on Annabelle for a minute here. Yeah. The one thing I think that they faltered or did wrong is that they made this doll look unappealing from the get-go. Like, nobody would want to play with this doll normally. Like, it's no. a, it already looks horrific. This thing looked bad out the box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fuck this doll. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nobody would want this. The thing what is, a lovely thing. Thing that I'd like to this bring horrible, into my horrible, horrible looking yeah. doll. No, I kind of wish they. I know they couldn't probably get rights to use an actual Raggedy Ann, but at the same time, I think that's part of the horrific part of it. Is it's such an innocuous, friendly looking, normal toy. Right. Supposedly it's this terrifyingly evil thing, but it looks so innocent. Instead, the doll already looks creepy as fuck. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I just feel like it's like yeah. we get it. It's evil. A scary doll worked in the one like two second scene in The Conjuring, but carrying its own movie, it's kind of like. It's about a scary doll. Because like, if I saw that, I'd be like, we're getting rid of that fucking right, thing. Sure, like, yeah. I don't care if it never moves. We wouldn't have like, to be in the part of the movie where where you have to try to convince everyone that it's a that it's a haunted doll. Yeah, You're it's just like, like fuck get the that fuck doll. Gay. I hate it. I right. don't even want to look at it. Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much the end of the episode. Nice. I got a couple of honorable mentions okay. and then a funny side note. Okay. So, did you hear this movie called Pin from 1988? I've heard of it. I've yeah. not seen it. It's about a boy who becomes obsessed with an anatomically correct life-sized medical doll. Okay. Okay, yeah, convince okay. it's real mm, movie is bonkers is it yeah it's i mean it doesn't really qualify as a devil doll movie but i watched it and was like oh okay well that happened the pit from 1989 which was a bad movie monday um Stable, but that yeah. was a teddy bear right the teddy it was, a, it was a teddy bear yeah that should have been a good movie that it, really should have been. been it was not yeah 
Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Do you remember this book, the anthology by Stephen King? I remember the anthology, and I remember the episode you're talking about, which that story did not come out of the actual book. Right, right. It came out of a different book, right? It came out of the short story book, Night Shift, which is one of my favorite short story compilations ever. So it was basically about a man who is a contract killer, Mm -hmm. and he kills somebody that was in charge of the the CEO of a toy company. And then he goes back to his home, he gets a package, and it's all of these army men, and the army men all come to life and basically kill him because they right. killed his dad i guess so they wage war against him and it's all like action figure size right soldiers as well as action figure size bullets and vehicles and everything else and they basically yeah yeah go they after got helicopters and tanks, tanks and stuff like that yeah. and they like fuck shit up and it, it, it's grueling it like it's grueling. actually a really good, good. version of it um, i watched it actually because you gave it to me and i watched it for yeah this episode. It's, it's worth watching i really yeah, enjoyed it's really it it's, re- it's really the only one it's the only good one out of this whole anthology in the book that it came out of night shift is the best stephen king short story compilation i've I mean, he has a lot of good short stories, but this compilation has got some of the best. And a lot of movies have come out of the ones that are in this, the stories that are in this compilation. So, yeah, it's a good story. Okay, so funny story. The night before last, I had to dig this out of my sister because she told me about it when it happened. But, you know, I have a niece and a nephew. And my niece, for some reason, really got into the Nutcracker. And so one Christmas, she asked for a life-size Nutcracker, which, you know, life-size would be about, I don't know, it was probably about two feet. It actually cracked nuts in its mouth, mm-hmm. you know, and she yeah. just thought it was the most amazing thing. Meanwhile, the fucking Nutcracker is terrifying yeah, looking. Like, it's scary. really weird looking. It's like some, I don't even know, what is it supposed to be? It's like a clown or some no, shit? No, it's like a, it looks, it's some sort of soldier thing. Yeah, it's like a soldier but clown. I hate it. I think I it's don't really, like and like, when she opened it she was like oh my god i love it it's so beautiful and we were like it's scary uh-huh. so she took it home and then you know it was kind of around the house after christmas and my nephew one time came up to his mom and said that the nutcracker's name was mr nobody and he was like mr nobody keeps following you around when you're not looking and she was just like, get this thing out of the We're house getting this thing the fuck out of here now. She wasn't, she didn't have that part in the movie where she was like, no, I don't believe you. And so she took the nutcracker outside and locked it in the car <laughs> for the night because she was like, yeah, no, I believe you. This thing is probably following me around. And he called it Mr. Nobody. That's the that's horrible. Kids fuck. are creepy little that fuckers. Thing, that's like, horrifying. That's terrible. Yeah. I wish I'd have known because I totally would have snuck that out of the car and put it back on the shelf just oh, to God. fuck with somebody. I know. They would they would have lit it on fire right then. Yeah. Oh, the thing that Nutcracker is yep. is not. Fuck not you, a, Nutcrackers. Uh, they're they're all creepy and they're terrible. Yeah. Mr. And nobody. Mr. Nobody is yeah, this. That's this hellish. No. Right there. You. That's fucking. Yeah. Ugh. I'm gonna put so much Devil Doll stuff on the website and Facebook and Twitter and everything like that because I've collected kind of like a plethora of all of this stuff. So make sure you check all that stuff out. You can see the trailer to Magic. You can read about all of the dolls that apparently in real life have come to life which are not factually based in any way right and i think that wraps me tell up. that to mr nobody yeah mr nobody play with this bitch <laughs> i had to do it one more no, time it's fine <laughs> do you have anything else I, there's nothing i have to add to this i'm actually kind of horrified you made me think of magic again and you made me think of your nephew and mr nobody and now i'm just i need to drink okay great so. Well, thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed Devil Dolls. I did. It was great. We'll was see great you episode. next week for Fun with Nazis. Yes. Tune in. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Slums of Film History. You can find us on the web at slumsoffilmhistory.com, where you can find links to some of the movies we talked about today, along with pictures, videos, and additional resources, as well as Sunday Slum Day, our weekly recommendation for the best and sometimes worst films every Sunday night. If you want to keep up with us, we're on Facebook and Twitter, where we share out a lot of additional content. And as always, please fact check us and let us know if we left anything out. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies. of the child's play and puppy mass puppet map puppy master puppy master love those they're adorable puppy master look at these devil puppies Uh, puppies spit maggots on you and drink your blood or leeches whatever yeah